here we go again talking about sad things. Just kidding. This one's going to be a harder conversation, but not nearly as hard as episode four. We're going to talk about grief this time. It should be a good one, a good one to listen to, maybe helps a couple of people out there who maybe don't necessarily understand or, or know what to do with their grief, because we want to talk about grief today. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to episode nine. Holy crap, we're almost in double digits. Of unfiltered goals. And yeah, 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 we've we've almost almost passed half a thousand listens. Kind of crazy. Almost to 10 episodes. It's wild. Yo, yo, yo. What was that? Yo, I, yo, yo. I don't know. I'm kind of hype. Oh, okay. Also- I have ever heard you say yo in your life, so. Oh, that's- it knew me. I I might be a little bit drunk from last weekend. I'm going to be honest. You're such a liar. But yeah, this weekend was a little crazy. It was crazy, but it was fun. It wasn't, I don't think, as extreme as it was like a couple of years ago. Correct. Uh, last year was, we just, we did like a little house party thing at a friend's house. But the year before that, I feel like things got very rowdy. This year was was contained. Yeah. It was a lot of fun though, you know. I've never been too big into celebrating St. Patrick's Day, but for reasons why we, you know, we'll go into later in the episode, I knew that like this may have to be a year that I give a little bit more attention to this holiday. But yeah, it was a good time. I mean, I love Another reason to just go out and have a good time and you know us Americans, we just love to make every made up holiday and you know that's true we do like to make up holidays for whatever reason but yeah it was it was a great great evening that started at pens which mm-hmm. is a, a spot we go to quite frequently and then we kind of like made our way down mass ave and then into finally teenies which is i think at this point our favorite location on Mass Ave. Well, I mean, we always have to make a trip to Nine Irish, which is on St. Patrick's Day because right. it's like an Irish pub, you know, whatever. And that was a good time. I definitely thought that's where the night was going to end. But then some of the friends that we were with told us that, you know, they had lived in Indy forever and they had never been to Teeny, which is one of the gay bars. And I was like, what? You've never gone dancing at Teeny before? Well, we got to change that. So then, yeah, sure enough, we went to Teeny. And it's just really nice for a woman to be able to go dance and dance like, you know, dance like crazy, like a like a rave type dance and not feel like you're going to get groped because you're surrounded by a bunch of gay guys. And like, they're obviously not going to do that. And they love dancing with you. And they have taught me how to twerk one time. And it was just, yeah, it was a great time for sure. We've made a lot of friends at Teenies. That's for sure. It's <laughs> been, have. yeah, it was a lot of fun. So maybe you heard Cole mention there, maybe you didn't, paying closer attention to this holiday. So what she meant by that is we're going to talk about in this episode grief. And the reason why this holiday is actually like a date we kind of more closely pay attention to is because that's the date that my mom passed away exactly a year ago. And I lost my mom to bone cancer. It was cancer in her hip that she had for well over a year and just basically slowly declined ever since she she started chemotherapy and she passed away. So it wasn't easy by any means, but it was a weekend that I needed to be out with my friends and just kind of forget about everything. I still cried in Mike's 
arms because Mike Luton has a superpower where I just hug him for a long time and he uh, makes me cry. He's the best man at my wedding, so I'm definitely going to cry at my wedding because of Mike Luton too. But yeah, it's it's obviously like it was a whole emotional weekend. It was good though. I was able to to get some tears out by myself, just like, you know, kind of sitting in my thoughts. There's especially a voicemail that I listened to. My mom sung me happy birthday for the last time over a voicemail before she, the September of my birthday before she passed away and I have that saved on my phone saved forever and it just yeah it obviously it just brings up a lot of emotions but I told Cole I'm ready to talk about it I've never posted anything about it really I've I've never you know said anything it's it's really because and we're going to talk about this people people grieve in different ways and I am the type of person that doesn't really like someone saying like oh it's okay or I'm sorry I would rather folks kind of just like celebrate like the things in life that are that are special I I would much rather someone say you know I'm I'm glad you got time with your mom or your mom was a sweet person I know people don't mean anything by it whenever they say I'm so sorry it's just you know someone trying to con- be be considerate I just think sometimes it's not the best thing to say but I guess you know in a pinch if you don't know what to say like you know sorry is never never a bad thing but yeah, just wanted to talk about grief and kind of talk about my whole process as I've I've gone through that. Cole and I have both lost grandparents and you know, grandparents are are difficult to lose for sure. I lost my grandparents at with the exception of my grandpa at a pretty young age. I lost my grandpa, my last grandpa when I was in college. So it was a, you know, it was hard, but it was, you know, it was more difficult to process because like I was extremely close and like I had an understanding of what what death really meant at that point. And yeah, we just wanted to to sort of bring light to that because that's what we do here at Unfiltered Goals. We talk about hard things and hopefully someone can can take something from it and, and maybe learn or even have a conversation with us about it. So as a mental health professional that I have in my midst here, Cole, can you talk about grief for a bit and like what it what it truly is for someone and what what it can mean for for a person in in their friend group and and in their family all that kind of fun stuff sure i will say that like when it comes to grief i don't feel like grief is a part of my skill set necessarily as a social worker i think it's probably because it is such a hard topic to deal with you know like i've been trained in trauma-informed care and I've been trained in, you know, lots of other lots of other modalities of treatment. And grief is one of those things I feel like I've kind of tried to stay away from up until recently. But my first experience with grief was when I lost my the grandfather that I was closest to. I lost him when I was a senior in high school. And I it was I mean it was really hard to deal with. I was a teenager at the time, but I was about to move into college and all of that kind of stuff. And I I really feel like I kind of molded my college experience around him. You know, I went to the same college he went to, you know, where he played basketball, where he had this big legacy. It was a I think it was a way that I wanted to feel closer to him. And, you know, I can't I couldn't walk through campus without people being like, oh, you're Zeke's granddaughter or whatever. Like everybody knew who Zeke was. So that was kind of like how I feel like I dealt with my grief is going to a place where I kind of always felt his presence and I was constantly reminded of him. But I think the most important thing that I've learned about grief is like, you know, 
back in episode four when I talked about my past of being sexually abused. You know, I think a lot of people try to stay away from these really hard topics because they don't know what to say or they don't know what to do. And so in their mind, it's just better to kind of stay away from it rather than say or do something wrong. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't also have that view, especially on grief. But recently I've learned that really all people need when they're grieving is support. Everybody probably knows, you know, the typical five stages of grief. I think people think they're linear. They're definitely not. What are the five stages of grief just for anybody that doesn't know? I don't even know. I can't I can't think of them all then right now. But it's like uh, I'm going to Google it. I think the most important thing that people need to remember about the stages is that they're not linear and you can experience them like out of the order that they're set in. Mm. They, yeah, that makes sense, especially as I brought it up. It's denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. So like you could you know, stay in an area of bargaining where you're pleading with God and trying to, you know, well, I would just I give everything, anything for this person to come back or whatever the case may be. And then you could go straight back up to denial because, you know, obviously that can't happen and like Hmm. just all the things. So I think that's really important to remember that like everybody's grief journey looks very different. They can experience very different emotions. And like we can get into this a little bit more, but like the way you grieve has been really challenging for me, not just as your partner, but as some, like a, as a therapist, mm. because I want you to cry and I want <laughs> you to talk about your feelings and I want you to open up. And, you know, like when I found out that you did cry, you just didn't cry around me. I, if you would have asked me last year, like right when your mom passed, I probably would have gotten a little butthurt and been like, well, I want him to feel comfortable with me. But I had to recognize that it had nothing to do with feeling comfortable with me or not. It was just whatever felt right to you in the moment and you acted on it instead of like, I never wanted you to force tears. I never wanted you to like have to talk about something that you don't want to. Do I think that there was some avoidance? Yes. But who's to say, who am I to say that avoidance in your grief journey is wrong. You know, Mm. I think avoidance in somebody else's grief journey could be wrong. But I think the most important thing to remember is that everybody's journey looks very, very different. And it's not really our place to judge somebody else's journey. Now, obviously, there are always unhealthy ways to grieve, right? Trying to self-medicate, trying to like push the feelings down and never deal with them, all of these kind of things. But I think even some of those things can be helpful, not in excess. And, you know, if they come up and so like this weekend is a good example. A lot of people would probably be like, well, was him going out being crazy and having a lot to drink the best way to handle his mom's anniversary? And I think for some people, they would have been like, well, I couldn't have done it. And that's fine. But you thrive off of other people's energies. I knew that you needed to be with your best friend, Mike. I knew that you needed to be with me and I knew that you needed to be in a situation where people weren't kind of falling all over you being like, oh, my gosh, are you okay?" Because I knew I knew enough about how you grieve that like that was the best way we were going to handle that day. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, it's as I as I said earlier, it's it's exactly what I needed because you're right. Like I thrive off of the people that I love being around them. It's because I'm very very much an extrovert when I 
when I want to be. So like this is, you know, this is one of the most challenging things grief wise that I've ever gone through. And it was talking about those stages of anger was the biggest one for me. And that's that's never happened before. I am not uh, typically an angry person. Now, if someone like threatens Finney or or you like that's a different story. But anger is never typically my first instinct ever. And and another plug here for therapy. This is basically unfiltered goals. You should go to therapy podcast. <laughs> In therapy, I told that to to my therapist and she's like, well, are you hurting yourself or anyone with that anger? And I said, well, no, no, of course not. And she said, well, that's okay. Like if you say some things, if you yell, you know, at, at the, at the wall, or even like, you know, I end up yelling by accident at, at my partner or somebody that cuts me off in traffic or whatever it is, it's, it's actually, it's okay because you're going through like you're, your even if you might not recognize it in the moment, your your mind is going through the process of that grief. And once I realized that and sort of accepted it for for myself, I was like actually able to put the anger to bed a lot quicker because I realized where it was coming from rather than just like being angry. And you know, having a little bit of grace for yourself, I think is super, super important. That's you know, that's what the therapist taught me. I very much went through denial for, <laughs> I think, a long time. And that that led to, to a suppression of it, you know, that I, I had the, the bereavement period of from, from work after after my mom passed. And I remember not even like really crying that much and just sort of like just being in shock and in denial of, of what had happened. But it, this was one of those. Th- this is why grief is so crazy and, and can be different from everyone. It's we knew this was coming. Right. We knew for about two years, it was close to two years, you know, she she got her diagnosis and it turned into going into to chemotherapy and things like it, it's crazy how this went because it was kind of like in waves of like one moment she would seem better. And then the next moment, it's like in unbearable pain, she can't move type of stuff. So like it was this long, long journey and kudos to my dad for being a faithful husband, helping her up to the point where she couldn't even, you know, go to the bathroom by herself, move by herself, feed herself, like that kind of stuff. And it just, that grieving process, I think, led to the most denial, led to the most, well, I should say it led to the most anger specifically because I was like, why is this happening to a woman that cares about people so much that, that gave her whole life to her family and to her work and all this stuff and it just yeah made me mad whereas you know someone someone else might you know you could walk outside get hit by a bus and then it's over it's like that's it's it's just it's different for everyone but i i know i'm rambling here and maybe this is counting as a therapy session a bit too but i i just want to i want to highlight too that if someone is going through something and you know maybe they they're sharp with their words or maybe they're unresponsive. Keep in mind what grief can do to somebody because I know for a fact I wasn't pleasant to be around for a while after that had happened. And it was just, it was because I hadn't ever processed anything like it before. Well, and I think too, like grief can can mean a lot of, a lot of different things, right? Like we as human beings, we can mourn Absolutely. Obviously, we mourn the death of loved ones and people that we care about, but we can mourn 
failed relationships. We can mourn failed friendships. For sure. We can mourn in lots of different ways. And I think the grieving process for any kind of mourning is going to look different based on the circumstances. But I I want to highlight here because I, I think that a lot of people... Like when this anniversary was coming up, I had let some of like our best friends know and like my parents and people. And I was like, you know, this is Josh's mom's one year. And people who may not know you and don't know that your mom passed only a year ago, I think a lot of people would be like, you seem very kind of not okay, but like at peace with it. In that's a very short amount of time, a year, like. That's a very short period of time. I think maybe because we had kind of known it was coming and maybe that helped you process it a little bit. I I think so. Sooner. And it just like, I mean, there's times where I think about, do I want that to happen where like my family gets a chance to like spend time with me and say goodbye to me? Or do I want it to happen in a much quicker way where that may not be able to happen? Like, I think it just it's it's brought up a lot of questions that I may not have necessarily have dealt with as extreme as you. But it's just it's crazy to think about, too. I mean, your mom got diagnosed like right after we started dating. Yeah. We have like lived our entire relationship dealing with grief. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a gosh. It's just crazy to think about. I I, it's so crazy because, yeah, we had we had you come to my house we had dinner with him for the first time and it was like almost like a month or two after that and it's like you know, I've got this awful pain she finally goes to the doctor and then gets gets diagnosed I just remember feeling so inadequate at first and I think this is another thing too if you're if you're with someone or you're friends with someone who's experiencing grief don't try to act like you are the their savior and don't try to act like you're the only one that can help them Because even though I knew how much I loved you and I knew that I was your person, I had never experienced – I mean, I have two living parents and I actually had to go to my parents who both lost – so my mom lost her mom and my dad lost his dad in their 20s, both Mm -hmm. from cancer. Mm -hmm. And so they knew exactly what you were going through. They were the same age, which is just wild, same age your mom was diagnosed is when my parents lost their parents. It being cancer, I had to lean a lot on them because I was like, I don't know how to help him. Mm. I don't know what to do. I feel helpless. I don't want to make things worse. And like, I really had to lean on my parents and the knowledge that they had from their experiences. And I'm incredibly grateful to my parents for helping me through that time so that I could then help you. And I think they helped you a lot, too. I just I that's like a huge takeaway I want people to have is just because you are the husband or the wife or the best friend or whatever does not mean that you have like the responsibility of helping them with their grief alone. Yeah. Like lean you also because that's the that's the thing, too, is people that are grieving are experiencing a lot in their own minds, in their own bodies, and they could potentially be taking it out on the people around them, which could then be doing a lot of damage to those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's another form of trauma. And it just it's one of those things that nobody can handle grief by themselves, the, not the person who is grieving, not the support of the people who of the person who's grieving it really is like something that takes an entire village. And I'm just very, very grateful for, you know, my parents being a support during that time. Yeah, that's a really good call out. I 
I specifically remember your your mom, you know, like making a like a valiant effort and showing support. And it's just I, I think the thing to remember, if you're the person going through grief, the really the main takeaway I want to say is like don't be afraid to reach out because you're not a burden, especially to those that love you. But to the to the people that and I made a comment earlier about, you know, saying sorry and that kind of stuff to the people that are out there that, you know, they're maybe close friends, a partner, whatever, to someone who is is grieving. I think what Cole mentioned about being there to support is the most important thing. Can I get you some some dinner? Can I get some groceries for you? Can I like whatever it is? I remember Betsy did that, did that for us. And and just like that means like the world to someone and it just it it reminds it reminded me that you know I have these amazing people around me that that would do anything for me and I just I want to I want to make a call to action for anybody that you might know that might be going through something like that a simple gesture can mean the world to someone and help them through that process and even if it's just lending an ear because I do, I like to talk about the the good experiences that I had with my mom. It brings up those fond memories, and I get to share it with somebody else. Like that, that means the world to me when I when I got to do that with you, and and with some of my friends. So yeah, and then the the other side of the coin too is someone who is not comfortable, and I I don't mean to call him out, but Papa Ditto doesn't really know how I feel like to to deal with grief all too well, and and you know not many people do. But I remember I, it was just like, it was like one bad thing after another. Like our, when we had moved into our home, you know, my mom passed away and it was like a month or two later after she had passed, like our pipe, our main water pipe to, to the house had burst and it like was leaking tons and tons of water into the basement. And I remember talking to Cole's dad, Papa Ditto about this and like, I'm, you know, like serious as can be talking about like, here's what we need to do to fix this. Here's what the plumbing crew is going to do, like all this stuff. And then all of a sudden I start, I start bursting out and crying. And I'm like, and like, I was like staring at myself from like a third person point of view, if that makes sense. And I was like trying to like get myself to stop crying. And I couldn't like I all I could do was just cry. And your dad just saying, it's OK, it's OK, it's OK. But even though your dad wasn't saying like the therapist thing or the right thing or whatever it was. It was knowing that he loved me and that he cared and that he hung on to the phone as long as I needed him to be there. And that meant the world to me that he did that. It's just I needed that support in that moment. So the call to action for, for those folks listening to help people that may be grieving is just lending an ear, doing a simple gesture. It's, it, it's a small thing and it means the world. And for the folks that are going through the grieving, absolutely ask for help if you need it, or just have a conversation. Well, and I think that like, again, I wanted so badly to help. And I, I think after you had told me, because I remember I wasn't around you when you cried to my dad. And I, after you had told me that, and he had told me that, I don't even think you had really cried in front of me at that point about your mom. Yeah, it was like, it was a little bit, but not nearly like that was the most I had sobbed to anyone. Well, and point. I think for me, my if I'm being completely honest, because this is an honest podcast, my initial gut reaction was like, well, that sucks. Like, 
he didn't cry to me. This must mean that like I'm doing something wrong or he doesn't feel as like open with me than my dad and just all of these things. But it it took a lot of like me stepping back as the support and being like, there are different things that people need from different people. And it's just that simple. And yeah. I think that my dad, although it was over the phone, my dad gave you some sort of comforting presence more so than I could have done in that moment. And I needed to like take a step back and be like, you know what? I'm glad that you trust someone enough. And I'm glad that it was my father to open up and be so vulnerable with. And I don't need to take it personally because I am your I am your partner and all I want is for you to have the support and that I'm going to be here regardless of like when you need me. But as long as you are getting support, that is all that matters to me. But I mean, it took me a minute to to feel like that and to not take things kind of personally yeah. and to just remind me that it wasn't about me. It was about you and what you needed. And I think that that could be really hard, especially for people who are like me, who are helpers and just want to do that. It can be really hard to just remind yourself that it's not about you. It's about them. And maybe they just need that kind of reassurance from somebody other than you. It doesn't mean that they love you any less. It doesn't mean that they trust you any less. It just means that this is something that felt right to them in the moment. And that's okay. I think that's a really important lesson for any partner or best friend out there. Like that, that crying, the sobbing that occurred was like completely circumstantial. I had just gotten this bad news. We got an awfully huge bill from the plumbing company. I like I knew was coming. And it just like I was talking to your dad like through it. Like, you know, like I said, just having a, a conversation serious about the fix. And for whatever reason, all those thoughts and emotions that I had been pushing down a bit had, had just come up and it was completely circumstantial. And, and, you know, the, the timing has worked out too. I've been in the car and I'm listening to a song or I just have a thought. And then just all of a sudden I start crying. And again, to plug therapy here, therapy, I, I actually, well, I, I was going to say I didn't cry during therapy. I take that back. I cried once during all of my sessions that I had in therapy. And it was, it wasn't that I wasn't like comfortable crying in that moment. It's just, it's something that, I don't know, for, for myself, it's something that I just don't do that often. So I feel like it just maybe naturally doesn't come up as often. And, 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 you know, if that's you, that's okay. If you don't cry, I don't think there's anything wrong with you by any means. There's, you know, there's other ways to grieve, but yeah, I just, there's the, the lesson from therapy is there's no, no right way to do that. And, and hopefully you're getting that message from this podcast is that grief is incredibly complex. Humans are complex and it can look different for so many people. There's no one way to do it. And I think that like there can be a lot of damage that's done if you are trying to keep yourself or somebody that you're supporting on some sort of timeline. If I were like, Josh, it's been a year and you haven't done this are you grieving your mom properly? Like that's not, that can do a lot of damage, not just to you personally, but to us in a relationship. And so I think that, you know, if, if someone else's way of grieving, I cry when I think Finney looks cute one day, like Josh doesn't <laughs> cry and I cry about just, just about everything. So if I were ever in a, in a spot where I were grieving someone like you have this past year, I would probably be a hot mess and crying all the time. 
And I, I mean, I think I even said to you several times over the last year, I don't see you cry about your mom very often and all of that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean that you loved your mom any less. It doesn't mean that she didn't have this incredible impact on your life and for so many people. It just, it's, it's different. You're a different person. You're wired differently. You handle emotions differently than I do. And you know, I I want to put it out there right now before I want to talk about one more like really quick thing. But before I do that, I just want to say to you, I'm sorry if you ever felt like I was pushing like how I would grieve onto you. I know that I was very stern about you getting into therapy as soon as possible. That was important, though. But I, I know I know at this point it was all meant well. Was it frustrating at the beginning? Yes, of course it was. I'm sure. But like what you said earlier, you're a helper and if you if you're not helping you feel like you're not doing what you do best and for any couple that that has to unfortunately go through that process it's as we've advocated on this podcast many of times patience is the key to basically everything yeah for sure so this past summer i got trained in childhood grief in order to teach grief groups at the school that i was working at and i think that like Something that I learned about it throughout this whole process that I feel like it's important for people to know. I don't really have any kind of like hard nose on grief because I feel like it is such a, you know, evolving process and it looks so different for different people. I will say that it's a lot of people are like, well, you know, especially with kids or whatever, like you can't say the word die. But what I was trained in is that's actually exactly what you should be saying because, you know, like there is kind of a finality to it. And mm. that's like when you try to sugarcoat it and by saying like someone has, you know, gone to heaven or someone is no longer with us or something like that, it can almost confuse the brain into thinking that like what has actually happened hasn't happened. And so especially when dealing with children who are experiencing grief, it's actually really important to be like, talk to me about your mother's death mm. instead of saying, talk to me about your mo your mother no longer being here or something like that. Yeah. So I think that's really important is we kind of need to take grief for what it is and I think people, like I said earlier, people kind of like stay away from it because they don't want to do something wrong. But I will say there are a lot of very unhelpful things that you can say to a person that's grieving. And, you know, one of my personal favorites of what people say is like, well, they're in a they're in a better place now or they're, you know, at least they're sitting next to God or like that. That kind of stuff's just not helpful from every person, every kid, every human being I've ever worked with who has lost someone, those phrases are not, they're not okay. I know that they, they, people who say them mean well, but they're not helpful in the grieving process. Things like, because when someone's grieving and you say, well, at least they're in a better place now, that person, what they're hearing from you is that there is a better place for them to be than here on earth with their family. Yeah. It's, there's a better place for a mother to be than with her children. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, and I hope this like makes sense to people. Yeah. We're not trying to knock on, on right. religion. I think everybody like is always, and it's not even about religion. People will just be like, when someone like goes up to someone at a funeral who has lost someone, they say something like, she's not in pain anymore. Or, you know, I, I was going to say that she's in a better place now kind of thing. Just all of that kind of stuff. I think that, like, don't think too hard about it. 
I think all you really need to do and all you really need to say to a person that's grieving is, so sorry, I'm here if you need anything. Yeah. You know, it's very, it's a blanket. <laughs> I Sorry, I'm laughing because I, I specifically said I don't like when people say sorry to me, yes. but it's different for everyone. I think yeah. as a default phrase, it's totally fine, totally acceptable. The key part of that is I'm here for you if you need me. Yeah. That's the key I think most people forget and the one that's most important. And I mean, I would even tweak it a little bit. I I would ask you all the time, like, babe, what can I do? Babe, how can I help? And you have enough going on in your brain. You'd be like, nothing, I'm fine. So I think it's totally justified and totally okay. I mean, I remember Betsy would text me all the time and she'd be like, what do you guys need? And finally, I'd be like, nothing, we're okay. Finally, she just like ignored me and she just brought us dinner. Like, I don't really care what you guys say because I know you need something. You're just not able to ask me for it right now. Yeah. I think that's really hard too, is someone, you know, they've got this, they're experiencing this like horrible, horrible loss. And then someone's like, can I make you dinner? And they're like, I don't even know what kind of food I would be interested in right now. Just make the dinner and give it to them. You know, you don't need their permission to try to do something nice or supportive. Just do it. And I promise they'll, they'll thank you in the end because it just, it's one of those things. It takes a village and you sometimes need to just do things instead of getting permission to do them because a grieving person just can't that's not even close to the top of their their priorities in their brain you know for sure absolutely hopefully that y'all take something away from the podcast if you are someone that's grieving or if you are a person and you know someone that is grieving or or going through something it's just summarize it be a friend and sometimes you got to force dinner on someone but the gesture, the gesture and being there for someone is going to mean the world to them. And remember, there's really there's really no wrong way to grieve. And so maybe it it looks different for different people. And maybe you wouldn't do it that way. But let's just try to be open minded and kind to one another because people just need different things at different times. And that's OK. We're going to see y'all next week for episode 10. Episode 10. Bring the air horns. Hope you enjoyed listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.